This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. Luca Nation, episode 663 of Lucas Tigers and Bronze. We have uh, the day after the NFL draft. There are some big trades going on. Uh, two closeout games in the NBA and a whole bunch of other stuff we're here to discuss. So we hope you stay tuned. We hope you enjoy this episode. And thank you, thank you, thank you for liking, for subscribing, for sharing. You guys know we never charge a dime for our content. And, you know, we're always aiming to just find interesting topics, guests, ideas to discuss with you guys. And if we do a good job, all we ask is, hey, share it with a friend, you know. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the show. Cage, you look uh, you look mean mugging right now. You look you do. look serious. That's what I do. You look focused. You look you look like uh, Anthony Edwards before Game Seven tonight. Or is it uh, Game Six? No, Game, game six. Seven. It's Game, game six. six tonight. They're trying to force a seven. Um, so, dude, I, I mean, listen, let's just get right into it, right? Um, I have a question for you, right? Is it on its face ridiculous? For a card that sold a year ago to be 6x the price a year later. And before you before you answer this, I want you to do, do me a favor for the YouTube people doing this. Pull up your computer for me and pull up the PSA webpage, right? Because it's absurd, right? It's impossible for a card that's, you know, worth thousands of dollars. We're not talking about Mikel Bridges that was worth a buck and then he's worth six. It's impossible for a card that's worth, yeah, PSA, and go into the pop report for me. Wouldn't it be impossible for a card to, you know, a, a, a well-known card, a sought-after card, to go 6X? That's crazy. I mean, you, you'd want to make a post about it, right? So do me a favor. What I want you to type in here, because everybody knows the card I'm talking about, right? I mean, to be offering a card for six times the money. Who would ever in their right mind, when they see a sale – Pay six times the price for a card a year later. So do me a favor, type in 1969 Alcinder for me. And the auction prices realized? No, just no, in the pop, in the pop report. But you can oh, do auction prices realized. Either one, you, we're going to get to the APR the same way, whichever one you want. So 1969 Alcinder, right? And now click, yeah. So click on the, the, the tops one. It's card number 25, I think. Scroll down. So I mean, 1969 tops. See, that's card number 25. Click on that. Now click on the APR on the top. Right there. Next, yep, APR. Scroll down to card number 25. Click on eight. Yeah, scroll down to 25. Click on Alcinder. Okay. And now click on 8.5 up on the top. All right. And what you'll see here, I hope, if, 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 if I'm right, is that August of 2019, this card sold for $14,400. And heritage. And then August of 2020, exactly one year later, it sold for $84,000, which if my back of my 
envelope math is right. It, it went 6X. A big card. This isn't, you know, like I said, a $10 card that went to $50 or anything like that. This is, a, you know, five figures that almost went to six figures. And I think it's probably more than that now. And I think the reason for that is many times over, you know, you have a, a bunch of different reasons. You have, you know, that the market was booming. The market was, you know, expanding. You know, people were, you know, discovering the real price for these things. Modern cards were going up. And people finally took a look at vintage cards and, and the like. But also when you get down to the nitty gritty of this stuff, you realize that prices can fluctuate tremendously when you're dealing with rarity, when you're dealing with something that someone wants and that they know that they might not get another opportunity to get. And when it's rare enough, someone is able to kind of almost basically set their own price for it, especially if you're going to wind up getting, you know, um, you know, two or three people bidding for it. It becomes fun when, you know, a card like this, that ha that's an eight and a half. It's one of the two dozen best copies that there are, because I think there's only, if memory serves, two tens, 17 nines and five um, eight and a halves. So why are we talking about this, right? Why are we talking about cards going six X? Why are we talking about, you know, when there's a rarity prices can fluctuate um, because, Today, on the collectible app, a Patrick Mahomes card was released for um, for early um, access, and it was a one point nine million dollar, you know, um, asset value. And the card is the same one that sold a year ago for three hundred twelve thousand dollars. So it's six x the price is what it's being offered for on the fractional uh, collectible. Now, I'm going to pause there for a second because I said a lot. I led you down on our cinder path when I'm really talking about um, this Mahomes card. I led you down a path where a card went 6x because there's only two dozen of them. The Mahomes is a one of one, which is even more scarce. Although some people would say there might be more than two dozen Mahomes one of ones in any given year anyways. Maybe it's not that scarce. We'll stop and, and, and drop this one here. This is a new... Um, piece of information it's a new story it's a new you know fun one that's out there obviously card porn posted about it um we do a daily show so it would be a disservice to not even discuss it especially given the fact that you know we are um you know we have a relationship with collectible we have already reached out to collectible and we'll reach out to them again after the show to see if they want to chat about this if they want to you know come on and talk about it or you know just maybe answer a couple of questions about the valuation and the whole deal that said um, I think I can come up with how they value it, you know, and I also will implore you guys to take a second and think about your collection and what you might've bought a year ago. And if there might be anything in there that you wouldn't sell for anywhere near what you paid for it a year ago, right? If you were somebody who was into wrestling cards, before Prism, you know, exploded on the scene, right? You know, and those wrestling cards have gone crazy or UFC cards, you know, or F1 cards or, you know, a myriad of things that I don't have to, you know, waste a little time to mention. You know, there are probably dozens, if not hundreds of things we could all discuss that have gone 6X in this amount of time. There's also been a, a, a tremendous focus on, you know, obtaining these grail type one of one cards, logo man, shield, these, you know, these, these one of ones of, 
you know, the named players, the Lucas, the Mahomes. We know there was a Mahomes one-on-one that sold for, what, three, four million dollars, right? So this doesn't even, you know, it pales in comparison to that. You know, it's a one-on-one, you know, rookie uh, auto. So I get it. I don't know how the math was done. And I am, listen, we maintain our credibility over all else. And I first blush to hear something sold for $312,000 is now being offered for six times that. It doesn't look right. It looks like a question that should be answered. Yes. And and so 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 first thing, we reached out to Collectible. Let, let's see if we get them on the show, where that goes. But let, let's have some fun, right? You're a lawyer. I grew up arguing with the family over dinner. Yes. Let, let's have some fun, shall we? Sure. Let's break I it down because this – I was going to the SGC. Uh, I was going to my PO box to pick up SGC submissions when I saw the post and then literally got home, had maybe half hour to do some research. And here we are. So we're, we'll kind of have this dialogue live on the air. First, the nature of our relationship with Collectible is we do a weekly fractional report where we get a variety of data, what's upcoming, what's been bought out, you know, what's available for early access on the and app. And we talk about what's good and what's bad what's a what looks like it's trending in the right direction what's what what may not be trending in the right direction we talk about comparable sales and you know if the if the the, the brady ticket price is at 1.9 and one sells for 1.4 we tell people trading this week is probably not going to be that great for you because of a recent comp so yeah i mean and you know make sure we were surprised the wayne gretzky opg card wasn't bought out when there was a buyout offer because we thought the one on collectible was a little bit higher than it probably should be. And the eye appeal wasn't where it needed to be. So that's number one. When I first saw this, 312 to 1.9 mil, and we're talking about Mahomes. We're talking about practice. We're not talking about uh, some Hall of Famer yet. Talk about practice? Okay. I was like, what is happening here? Right? But Isn't Mahomes, though, somebody that someone's already paid $4 million for? So you start digging behind the surface, behind the behind the curtain, behind the surface. So first thing, on collectible, there are eight Patrick Mahomes items. Okay, eight different items. Eight, eight. Cool. Ocho. So ESPN the Ocho. On collectible, if you guys go to this specific item, this is the seventeen shield. uh, This is seventeen flawless shield signatures RPA one of one. It's available for early access. And what they do here is try to, with comparables, try to get to where the price should be of the card. Two things to note, and these are kind of contradictory in nature, but Kate, tell me what you think. So if you look at four of the items, so two of them have been bought out. One is coming soon. This one's available for access and four are trading. The four that are trading are down 30%, down 56%, down 44%, down 28%. Right. So we, we're in the age of data, 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 data. There's a new data aggregation company that's basically comes out every month. Uh, but I'm going to go to the one that, you know, we believe has the best, most accurate, most vetted data. I'm going to go to Card Ladder. Right. And Card Ladder oh, Cage has I an index. You were going there. Card Ladder has an index. Mm-hmm. So the gentleman that you brought up, Lou Alcinder. If I'm going to share my screen here, Cage. Sweet. His index, you, you just brought up, that his card went from 14,000, 8.5 to 84,000. Luel Cinder's card ladder index is up 11% over the last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
500% over the last two years. You could see that spike. 11% over the last year. And 50% over the last six months. Cool. So we cool. we just saw, we just saw that data. Kareem. That same player or that same index, but for Patrick Mahomes, is up ninety seven point four seven percent over the last year. Wow, when when Kareem was eleven, up six hundred twenty percent over the last two years. Six X over the last six months, down eight percent. So. As much as you guys are out there, you know, you see things, you see data, and you ask questions, we're the same. If I had all of the answers of what the future brings, I would be a billionaire by now. We've heard, we all heard, heard that statement. So when I saw that data, I didn't think Mahomes Index would be up 100% over the last year. I would think it would be flat, if not down, given how much he's run over the last two years. And he didn't win a Super Bowl. He didn't overperform you know yep. when i gave you that data right on collectible his four highest priced cards are down you know 30 percent, 20 percent, 40 percent since ipo but the card ladder index has it up 100 percent over the last 12 months walk me through what, what what you're thinking about what how you're processing that data well two things number one i don't know what's in the index and number two what i'm processing there is that depending upon what point you're trying to make, a chart can tell a story for you, right? So if you want to say that Mahomes is flat or down, you use the last couple of months. If you want to say Mahomes' prices have doubled, you use the last year chart. If you want to say Mahomes' prices have gone success, you use the last two-year chart, right? So, so you know, wider wider out shows you that, you know, there's been, you know, an increase. You know, maybe the 312 was a bargain. You know, I don't know. Maybe the 312, maybe I, didn't, I don't remember the April auction last year. Um, I think there was a whole bunch of top shot in it. So maybe the Mahomes three twelve got you know got got buried by all the awesome top shot stuff that was in that April auction from last. Oh week. no, we just got PTSD. That was your top shot auction. That was that. Wow. So <laughs> what a gamble. that yeah. was. So there you go, right? So, so I mean, you know, um, I mean, listen seriously. The, the, what it shows you, of course, is is that it doesn't show you everything. And one of the funny things is that. The, to the average collector that reads the um, reads the card porn site, they say, wait a second, Mahomes is crap. You know, Mahomes lost last year. You know, he's been passed. You know, everybody likes other people now. He just lost the cheetah. His cards are down. We all know that the PSA 10 prism rookie of his is a fraction of what it was after he won the Super Bowl. That thing was 10 grand. Now it's like four or five or six or whatever the heck it is now. Clearly, his market's down. It shouldn't be up 6x, but, but, and big but, bubble butt. I don't, uh, so I don't, I, what the card ladder and all the other indexes are not going to tell you is that there is this other world out there of these high-end cards. And if you pull up the Zion um, index, I'm sure it looks like garbage. But if you pull up the Zion one of one or National Treasure index, which they don't have, it's going to look very different. Because the people who own those are very different people. The people who buy those are very different people. There's not as much fluctuation in price. And if somebody wants to grab a Zion one-of-one from the person who owns it, they're probably going to have to pay more. Even though he hasn't played for a year, they're probably going to pay more than that person paid. That's Zion. Zion's index for context is down 31% over the last 12 months. Right, but, but 
has anybody seen one of his national treasures sell for less? You know, one of his one of ones, one of his out of fives, any of his high end stuff sell for less than what so far? No, even though his his index is down, because for better or for worse, there is that dichotomy, there is that split, there is like the caste system of of collectibles and cards, right? And this one of one Mahomes, just like a one of one Luca, ungraded for four million dollars, just just like you know. Uh, LeBron cards, just like the triple logo man that, you know, everybody's trying to pull, right? You know, these are cards that, you know, indexes don't tell the story, right? These are assets that people are just going to chase. And, you know, the, every time they sell, they're going to sell for more. And the person who, who got it for 312, one, maybe they thought they got it for a steal. And two, maybe they were like, I'm not getting rid of this. I won't sell it. And maybe they've had offers. Maybe they had a $1 million, 1.2, 1.5 offer. And like, you know what? I could have accepted a 1.5 offer, but instead I'm going to do this fractional. I don't want to sell the card. I'm going to maintain some of the some of the equity in it and I'll let other people you know, buy into it. I don't know the answer. I'd love to have folks on. Obviously, at first blush, just saying something is six times what it was last year. You know, it happens. It doesn't happen that often. Um, you know, and we're not talking about like a Cooper Cup. We're talking about, you know, <laughs> you know, we're talking about Mahomes, whose cards already had a nice little run up in them probably the year before that card was sold. But I think where you're going with it is, you know, comparison wise, right? Like, you know, the comparables, right? You know, when that Mahomes sold for $4 million, the way that I guess you got to do this is, is there a card that's like that, that sold for like a fraction of that of a different player? Like, is there a Burrow or a Herba? Like, let's go there, right? Do you know of like a like a, a similar card for for um, for any of so, the other so, quarterbacks? Shoot. So I don't agree with that pricing strategy, but I the reason that pricing strategy comes up, I think, is because there are so many one-of-ones now, yep. right? So... I, I'll leave it at that because I think that's actually such a, the crux of everything is how do you truly price something, right? If there's so many Mahomes one of ones, so yeah. just to bring up some comps, there was uh, where are we at where we, there was a Herbert. So right. the Mahomes National Treasure Shield sold for four point three mil. We remember that happened, yep. right? That yep. was the National Treasure Shield one of one that sold eight x for the price of what Herberts. National Treasure Shield sold for Herbert sold for about Shield. a half million dollars. Right? Correct. I'll, I'll pause there. So it's eight times. So you have like a you have. I mean, if you want to be a real rudimentary, you have a marker, right? So you'd like to Herbert this card for Herbert. So Herbert's Falola Shield. This card for Herbert sold for two hundred twenty nine thousand. So if so about eight, half of the price. If we do eight times that, right? One point six plus thirty. It's like one point eight five. Right, yes. one point eight five million, which is similar to. So, I mean, I mean, you'd want to have a little more scientific methodology of calculating, you know. A, but, but you know, it's hard, right? You know, in real estate, you figure out what a house is worth because you got comparables, right? I mean, this this is what they're doing. They're finding a comparable. They're they're doing okay. This card for Herbert sold for this, right? The Herbert one sold for one eighth of the Mahomes. You know, so we found comps, right? We, we just went heavy into data, you know, data supporting a data against it. But we try to look at data as uh, non-subjective, as objective. Mm -hmm. Then you have to do your own gut, right? Your own gut yeah. instinct. Like, what do yeah. you feel? When I saw this, I thought that even if this justified this comp, you'd be buying at the top. Yeah. So for me personally as an investor, 
and we had the show last week. You guys listened to the fractional report where we talk about things being too high to up. We didn't bring this up to you guys as an opportunity for early access for a reason. I personally don't feel – I don't believe in Mahomes in general at the current prices, but I also don't feel that this one-of-one, one, which we've discussed, there's a lot of them, justifies that price tag. And you don't get rich by buying at the top. So my personal gut tells me that even though the data – I was like, okay, there's some data contradicting. There's data supporting. Okay. But you also have to have a gut instinct as an investor. Listen, I'm with you. I mean, not only would I not buy one of his cards for a million dollars, but I'm a Raider fan. So I wouldn't, you know, piss on his mouth if his gums are on fire. But let's take it a step further, right? Um, This is one of those things here. Um, You have data out there. And I want to maintain, you know, credibility where we are, right? You can cut this however you like it, right? But, you know, PWCC has some great data on it. It's all free. Just go right into their fixed price. Uh, go right into their, um, you know, their research tab and put up PWCC sales history and type in Mahomes one of one, right? And you'll see other one of ones that have sold. Um, you'll also see one of fives that have sold. The, the most expensive one of one that sold on there was the National Treasures Red NFL Shield uh, for 2017, that sold in November of 21 for $456,000, including buyer's premium. There's a colossal shield uh, national treasures that sold for $288,000. Now, more recently, a national treasures uh, black Patrick Mahomes uh, rookie patch auto one of five, which, I mean, I know this is an RPA. It's one of five. The other one was a shield. So I know it's different, but this is just, you know, it's proving the point that there are so many one of ones that isn't really a one of one anymore. But believe it or not, the one of five version of that sold for six hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I guess that that maybe is like kind of like the one of one that sold for four million dollars is now the one of five, so it sold for six thirty, right? These are all national treasures, guys. These are not, um, you know, these are not the the same deal. But it's so weird, man. 27, 2017 national treasures. Um, there is the red NFL shield. Patrick Mahomes rookie patch auto one of one. There is the colossal Patrick Mahomes rookie NFL shield auto one of one. There's a blue RPS Patrick Mahomes rookie patch auto one of one. All sold on on you know on PWCC in the last six months, and they're all a couple hundred thousand dollars. One eighty, two eighty eight, four fifty six. Um, the you know, so if you're using those as comps. You know, not going into Herbert and multiples and all that stuff. One nine sounds high. You know, but I guess people like flawless now. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, it's one of those fun ones where I wish I did a lot more research on before we chatted about it. But we do want to take, um, you know, we, we take advantage of the fact that we talk about this every day. So there'll be people posting about it on Instagram, but there's not going to be another podcast talking about it. So you're welcome. <laughs> but, but. The best part would be to have the guys on and let them chat about it. Perfect. You know I mean? uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll be willing to jump on. So we'll, we'll get to that soon. Probably schedule it maybe for Sunday, during the maybe the beginning of the fractional report. Now, NFL draft. A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Boom. Yeah. NFL is such a – I mean, give me Boom. your takes, man. I, I, my takes, I don't get my takes, it. My yeah. takes are plentiful. Plentiful. Number one, A.J. Brown was awesome his first two years in the NFL. Had over 1,000 yards receiving. Last year, he played 13 games and had something like, you know, 60 catches, like, I don't know, less than 1,000 yards receiving. He was a little banged up, a little injured. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he's a great receiver, but he's now the number four paid wide receiver in the league, I believe, 
with a hundred million dollar contract, twenty five million dollars a year, puts slots him right in there with the money that you know just under what Adams and Tyreek Hill got. He is not that guy, but but he's better. Than, go ahead. The Titans think that and the Titans knew that he wanted that money. They weren't going to pay him that, so they had to trade him. Well, they couldn't pay him that. Which okay. is what's happening now, right? So, so I'm going to give you some real analysis of, of the NFL, real football stuff. You name, right? You watch the games. They had to get rid know. of him because your boy Tannehill's contract is too much money, and they couldn't pay Tannehill thirty million dollars and AJ Brown. So, what they've done, you now are going to have this split in the league. Schism. This, you're going to have quarterbacks making money, and their receivers are either going to be young on their rookie deal still or drafted, just like Tennessee yep. moved into that category, right? Cool. And Aaron Rodgers is in that category, which is why Devontae Adams is not there, right? Because the entire payroll would have just been those two guys. Couldn't, could, just can't do it and actually build a team, right? So he moves over. Derek Carr makes money. He's not, you know, he's not, not a high, you know, he's not the highest paid QB. Plus, they also, I think, can get rid of him after this year. So they were, it's, it's calculated. We'll see what happens. But you have the other end of it, right? Which is, which is Philly, right? Philly has our guy Hurts, who's on a contract. contract still, right? So you can spend the money on a wide receiver and build an offense around him and spend that money on AJ Brown, right? The cheetah can go to Miami because who's the quarterback? Tua on his rookie contract, right? These guys who are making this big money, they're basically the, – the reason why the draft was wide receiver heavy last night and something like I think it was six wide receivers in the first 18 picks, right, is because wide receiver this year became the money pick. It became the money play. And teams who, who have – money spent already on somebody else, usually a quarterback, had to make a play for a wide receiver in this because you no longer can have both. You can't have it both ways. And listen, here's the fun. This may not last, right? Because this is the the beginning of this. Devontae, Tyreek, A.J. Brown, hell, Christian Kirk, they got to go out there and perform now, right? Because they're setting the bar. Right, they got to go out there and they got to win. They got to put up numbers. They can't go out there and do nothing because if they do, teams are not going to be paying that money for wide receivers anymore, right? But it changed the landscape of the NFL, and you now have, you know, teams can spend that money on a wide receiver if they're not spending it on a QB. Once it's been a QB, it becomes very difficult right now with where the money is is going. And I'll tell you one step further. I think Philly did a great job. I think Philly has we you and I can spend the rest of the episode if you want talking about whether or not Philly is now the class of the NFC East. Let's call it the NFC East anyway. But the Cowboys are are that team, right? The Cowboys are the the you know just by default because the Giants and the what are they called? The, it's a weak division. The Commodores. What are they? What, are they, what, are they, what are they Washington called? Commodores. I don't even know the, the Guardians, the football, the Washington football team. They are terrible. So it just leaves the Eagles and the and the, the, the Cowboys. I'm going to tell you, Jalen Hurts right now may be the player with the most pressure on him to perform this year. I, I was going to ask you, is Gardner Minshew a play too? Because I he... mean, no. And I'll tell you why, right? They're, they only have Hurts locked up like they need to have him this year. 
he's somebody they can cut loose next year. They don't have to sign. Just like the Giants didn't commit to Daniel Jones for his extension, just like, you know, I mean, Kyler Murray, they did. But, you know, on these rookie deals, they get to that year and Hurts will be there. They'll know this year if he's their guy. Like, he has no excuse now, right? They're going to give he's, him run. He's got to show up and he's got to show out. He's got Miles Sanders. He's got Devontae Smith, right? He's got Rieger, who the hell knows. He's got Goddard. And now he's got A.J. Brown. Like, th- this has all the makings of, of being a legitimate fantasy offense. And if you're a Hertz believer, you have to be salivating at the numbers that he's going to be able to put up because, you know, he A.J. Brown, go run. For, they're not going to have a complicated offense for him. It's going to be a ton of RPOs. It's going to be a ton of, you know, you can use his wheels, but you don't have to. He did that five-yard get that he was going to have to scramble to the left for. Now you say, A.J. Brown, just do a five-yard slant. And you you go ahead and create something after I throw you that five-yard. They're not going to make him be, you know, a, a, a pocket passer that has to make all the throws. Now, third down is a different story. You're going to have to make the throws. But he's going to have every opportunity. And I'm going to go out on a limb here way ahead of time and tell you I think he's going to fail because he's not that guy. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's not a throwing quarterback, and that's why they marched him out of Alabama. Because he couldn't throw. Not that Alabama ever needs quarterbacks, but they moved on from him. And um, and I don't think unless he gets real coached up, right, and unless he makes some some significant strides in the passing game, they'll be good, and they'll put up some numbers, and he'll have some yards on the ground, and he'll have some touchdowns because he's got the weapons around them, and the numbers will look good in the periphery. But he will not take it to that next level unless he takes it to the next level. He's got to work okay. on that game. He's got to learn how to throw. <laughs> you know, he's got to work on his mechanics a little bit. I just don't think he's that guy. But Philly, they did great. The Giants had a great draft. The Jets had an f- amazing draft. You know, they got three of the what, what some people had top eleven guys on their board. They took that defensive end out of Florida. But the but but the later rounds, they came in in the in the late twenties and picked up the the the, the 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 defensive end from Florida State. Uh, Johnson in there? I forget his name. Uh, it'll come to me before the end of the episode. But like an edge rusher. So they got like two of the top, you know, defensive players. And then they got what some people are saying the best wide receiver in the draft also. And they got some weapons too. Zach Wilson, please stand up. So, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. Who's the really best wide receiver in the draft? Uh, 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 the kid from Sauce? US. No, Sauce is the is, – he's a cornerback. Great name, man. Sauce is a defensive back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is. Uh, no, the kid from USC, the the the, the taller, um, the taller uh, one. Ahmed Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Garrett no. Wilson. Yes, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver. Garrett Wilson. That's it. My apologies. Um, um, I am, and Jermaine Johnson was the defensive end, right? So Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Um. And Florida State defensive end Jermaine Johnson, Cincinnati cornerback Sauce. Sauce is good if he's still healthy. Um, yeah, man, the draft is fun. I can't wait for the second round, and then the third round will be fun because my Raiders are finally pick. I was hoping that they, you know, they made a trade, they did something, and you know, you know, you always want your team to be on. The, the Raiders top. didn't have anything in the first round. No, or the second. That's just they took the day off. That's how you get Devontae Adams on your team. You give up your draft. Uh, Gotcha. NBA is a little different, man. NBA is a lot easier to keep up with. Two, two, two rounds of draft picks. And basically, the, the Thunder have everybody, every draft pick ever. So Yeah, for the next couple of years, right? <laughs> okay. Um, 
for the, for the next <laughs> so stay tuned tomorrow guys we have your pwcc weekly auction you know so listen before, before we run don't, yeah. don't bounce on me yet man i'm not give going me, anywhere give, give me a snap prediction is on memphis what? able to close it out in game six or do you think carl anthony towns is able to uh you know rally the troops and force a game seven i gotta tell you selfishly i want to see the, the timberwolves win because this is one of those series that I like watching. I want to go and watch seven games of it. It's like a heavyweight slugfest, but an ugly one. Remember that fight I had you watch? Chemo against Bob Sapp? Like, neither of them were <laughs> fundamentally sound at all. And, and at any point, you could bet that either one of them might win. And they were coming back from being down. And that's, what this, that's what this series reminds me of, man. It's like, it's just slugfest. It, it, My gut tells me that the Grizz took the best shots from the Timberwolves and fought them off. And today's going to be a blowout. Okay. For, for right, the Grizz. Well, you're on record. Uh, I think, it. I think the Timberwolves dude. they put up a fight, man. They, they put up a fight after fight after fight. They're not that talented of a team and they kind of, you know, you know, they, what is it? They punched above their weight class. Yeah. I, I think that runs out just energy wise. They've given so much and, they have a lot. I mean, Edwards is a rookie and they lean on him for so much. D'Lo is wildly inefficient. Cat is good, but he's still a little soft. And then remember, this is all with Jaron Jackson Jr. playing D level basketball at best. You know, if he even has a decent game, forget about it. So I, I think the Grizz take it. I think they know the importance of taking this game. By the way, if any of you guys are in the Miami area, Hit me up. I might uh, I might take one of our fans out to uh, to the Miami Heat Sixers game. Nice. Tickets are, are relatively affordable. If you guys are in South Florida, Boca, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, you know, tickets are they're affordable. So maybe I'll take a fan to a game. Why not? Take I'd like to go to a game. Take me. So um, let's get some credit. Sunday. Sunday at 1 p.m. No, Monday. Monday, Monday at 7.30 p.m., guys. Sorry. I think that the Timberwolves force a game seven. So uh, far be it for me to be on opposite sides of an equation from you. It has been known to happen. More importantly, I took my shots at Chris Paul. Uh, I will allow them to stand. I think that when Booker comes back, even though he's not at full strength, when he came back in this past game, you see what that Suns team can do with Booker out there as opposed to without him there. Um, much easier game, although got to give the Pelicans, you know, real credit for, you know, them fighting as well, uh, taking that to six games. I said that the Suns were going to win. Booker being out there allows Chris Paul to play a very different style of game. And it's amazing. You would think that he would have more offense when Booker is out, but it's not like his, it's, it's, it's offense within the flow of the game that he, that he's able to get 14 for 14, 33 points for 14. 14 out of 14 shots. The most ever shots in a game without a miss in the NBA playoffs, in the history of the NBA playoffs. Got to give that guy some credit. He also hit his free throws. Um, you know, he played a very good game. And it wasn't all gimme shots. It was a three-pointer in there. You know, a lot of mid-range. Um, you know, I did watch that game. I will give Chris Paul a lot of credit. I mean, that guy, what did it for me was his interview at the end of the game. Not the 14 for 14. That's amazing. Give him some credit. Give Booker, you know, credit. Give that team some credit. And if I were the Golden State Warriors watching this team with now, a, you know, a, a getting healthier Devin Booker and the way the Warriors played their last game, a little, you know, discombobulated 
against it's Jeff gonna be a good series, man. But you can't you can't skip series. ahead to it. You can't skip ahead. So are you and but but the point I'm trying to make, let me not get off get off Chris Paul. I don't want to inflate his prices because you know I don't want his cards going up in value. But Chris Paul at the end of the game they gave an interview. And remember where the series was closed out. Do you remember where it was? Yeah, New Orleans. Where he where he built his legacy. Correct. And he was mindful of that. And he thanked the fans and said how much he loved the fans and how much he loved the organization and called out people who were there, people he built up his, you know, his his start in the sport there. And even went as far at the end of the interview to say, you know, that he did not like that he had to close these guys out because when he's not rooting for his own team, if his team's not playing, he actually roots for the New Orleans squad. But you don't hear a lot of people say that often. But that's cool. It's a human thing, right? That's you're such team. a you are such a cheeseball with the things that you love. Like you Dude. love that Devontae Graham thanked his mom. Yeah. You like that Chris Paul thanks his old fans. You love Dude, such interesting gonna, stuff. If you're gonna put your money into somebody, right? Don't you want them to be a good person? I know most people don't care. You just want them to have the, you know, the 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 you know the, the the stat sheet but you know what happens with that and maybe i've been around long enough you can put your money in champs but if the champs a dick even after their career's done you don't sleep well that guy might end up in jail that guy might end up doing something stupid i doubt chris paul is going to be doing that i doubt the chris paul an all-time great well the real chris paul please stand up it does matter, you know, from an overall perspective and then you know look i factored that in to the whole if somebody's going to be a, a generational player, if somebody's going to be a talent, usually they have something more than just skill on the court or on the field that makes them relevant and keeps them in the conversation. Hey, before we before we go, can I can I give uh, something that popped into my brain a comparison just for five minutes? I was thinking about this because you know my, my daughter's birthday is next week, and she was thinking about mm. going to the movies with her friends on Sunday. And I was like, oh, I wonder what movie she's going to see. And then I was like, oh, maybe when she goes to the movies, I'll come home and I'll watch, like, you know, maybe I'll watch. Make the sure she keeps the ticket stub. No, and this it's part of that, right? So ticket stubs, throw it out the window, wipe your ass with ticket stubs. I don't give a shit. But I thought to myself, <laughs> don't, don't bury the lead here. She's going to go watch whatever she's going to watch. And I, I'll come home and I'll watch, I'll watch The Godfather. You know, when the ends, I'll go pick her up. Maybe I'll let her, she can have some pizza, some Italian ices with her friends or whatever it may be. And I, I thought for a second, I said, that's a great sports card comparison, right? That is a good way of explaining the popularity of ultra-modern, modern cards versus vintage cards. Now, stick with me. And guys, go ahead and hit me on the YouTube comments if you think I'm being an idiot here or, you know, send me some messages. But people will pay money to go see... A movie that came out this week with Mark Wahlberg or with Tom Holland or I mean, what movies are out now, man? I don't know. I haven't been to, I haven't been to the movies in forever, but bro. Clearly, they are well attended, and people will spend their money to see them, right? More so than people will spend their money to go see something else, right? But they'll spend their money, they'll go see a movie, they'll sit down for a couple of hours, they'll enjoy themselves. Why? Because it's new. It's okay. a new release. It's something that's exciting. It's something that they haven't seen before because it's new, right? And maybe it's got the star of the day. Maybe it's a franchise of the day or of the year, right? 
But chances are that if you think about the last 20 movies that you saw in the theater, you probably didn't watch those movies over and over again when you got home. You probably didn't buy the DVD. You probably didn't, you know, pay for it on Apple or whatever it is and want to own it and keep it, right? Those movies that you watch at home, those are the franchises that when, after they were new, they had lasting power, right? Now, you don't know what that's going to be when it comes out, when it's new, but over time, each generation, each decade has their thing. Whether it's Star Wars, everybody knew it was going to be a big deal when it came out, right? And Star Wars is big, but now people still watch Star Wars. Star Wars is still as relevant as it was when it came out. People still spend money on Star Wars, right? Whether it's Rocky, you know, whether it's, um, you know... Wedding Crashers. Marvel movies, that kind of stuff, right? The Marvel franchise. So there are these things that when they're new, people spend their money on, but they wear out and people aren't spending their money on them anymore, right? Unless it's something that is got staying power. I guess what I would compare that to is cards now, right? You may love to buy Flawless right now because it is the new and shiny thing. You may love to open up this year's release of, 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 um, you know, of, of some basketball product, National Treasures, you know, Prism, whatever it may be. And yeah, there may be somebody in there that turns into that generational great, but chances are the vast majority of people in there won't. Sure, there might be a Star Wars, which will be Michael Jordan, you know? Sure, there may be a Marvel franchise, which maybe is Tom Brady or LeBron or something like that. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something else that comes out, but I guess what I should stop doing is shitting on modern and shiny and stuff, right? Because I go see movies. I don't know if I've ever heard you shit on modern and shiny, uh, but but I think the the point the point is sound. I mean, a point is made in only the way Cage can make it. In I don't put it in my Christmas rough. tree. You know what I mean? Like I don't put the shiny stuff in my Christmas tree. No, but I mean, I, I guess there's room for it all, right? As long as you realize its place, right? You, you know, the movie industry is not going to stop making all of these movies because one in 20 turns into a real blockbuster and one in a hundred turn into something that people actually cherish over time and rewatch when they're home. Right. So it was just, it was just, I mean, look, I apologize for the five minute, you know, kind of diversion, but it just, it had me thinking about it with more of an open mind, right? Everything does have its place. Like there's nothing wrong with going and spending money to watch a movie that you may never watch again. And it may, it may turn out to suck. Now that's 15, 20, 30, 100 bucks if you bring in the family. I just, I wanted to make the comparison because I think, I'm like, what is she going to watch today? You know, and Ian and I are going to open Revolutions box today. Chances are we're going to get garbage in it. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be anything in there that is, you know. Be more open minded is kind of the, the, the I mean, it's the, part of it. It's part of it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I was just trying to draw a comparison in my own brain. I, my brain went there when I was, I was dropping the kids off from school this morning and I, I said, wow, it's sort of, sort of similar, sort of analogous. And I'm sure you can make the same type of, you know, thing with, with anything else, whether it would be Pokemon or whether it's comic books or, you know, anything else like that, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's room for it all. And I guess the, you know, the, 
the end of it is people appreciate Star Wars movies. People appreciate, you know, the those franchises that were that are out because they're measured against what's coming now. Right? Those things don't, you know, they don't hold unless you have something else to continue to compare it to, right? And I don't want to share on your Lamello stuff, guys. And people spend a lot of money on it, but you know, when people spend all this money on Lamello, Lamello turns out to be a great player, but he's not LeBron, he's not Michael Jordan. It makes people appreciate Michael Jordan and LeBron even more, and their cards go up. So it's it's just it's one of those like. I mean, I think that five. happened with KD. Yeah, I think KD's early exit in the playoffs made people appreciate LeBron a lot more. I agree. I agree. And that's, entirely. that's not necessarily even modern compared to KD is the DC franchise. You know, I mean, they just can't get it right with those Batman and you know Justice League movies. Metaphors, metaphor Fridays. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I, I don't know where the hell I'm going with it, but most of the time I start talking, I don't know where I'm going, and I usually don't know where I'm ending up. But that's what makes everybody love me. That's the deal. I'm it is. What I'm thinking, man. You know, it's you know, sort of true. Do you think you're? Are you an acquired taste? Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh my God! No, no one. I mean, you have to have a certain, you have to have a certain, you know, you have to have certain tolerance for stupidity to get along with me because I'm definitely stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, no one's giving me a badge, and Michael Saylor is not texting me. I'll tell you that much. I got my own way of doing things. Your love for Michael Saylor is. Uh, I'm gonna mention unmatched. him every day until he comes on the show. Yeah, yeah I don't know why do you do that. Do you know who he is? Like, work for or is it fun? We did this yesterday, and I, I started singing about the drunken sailor, and you didn't, you didn't even get it. You didn't, I got messages from, from people about me singing about what do you do with the drunken sailor early in the morning? Do you think Michael Sailor ever gets drunk and then sings that song to himself? For me, it's nice that you get messages because that means that people are your message. Dude, people communicate with me just in movie lines. People, I have conversations with our listeners only speaking in movie quotes. I once spent a day talking to somebody only doing one movie, My Blue Heaven, back and forth. You know who you are, Cardboard Underground. <laughs> Nothing makes any sense anymore. Yeah, and to me, it all makes sense. It because, does. Because and you bring joy smile. to people. That's you it. bring joy to people. That's it. I don't care if you buy flawless. I don't care if you don't buy flawless. I don't care if you buy on collectible. I don't care if you think the valuation is shitty. I don't care if you're on golden. I don't care if you're on whatever it is. Have fun. Enjoy it. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? Seriously, what the hell are we doing here? A little positive energy. That's what I learned from Andrew after all this time. What episode number is this? I love how card porn, and I like card porn's content a lot. I love how he tags like the, the... the influencers, he's like, influencers, what did you guys think? Someone needs to break it though. We don't run that company. <laughs> We're not run, that big I of a deal. I run everything. I run everything. I'm not, somebody needs to break it to everybody else. I run it all. Yeah. I'm in charge. Influencers, what do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking so know do very think? much. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong guy. They're yeah. The wrong guy. Andrew, Andrew's not the guy to ask. No, if you ask, like, how do you, you know, how do you create content for different platforms off of one show, and how do you scale a content team? Okay, I'm your guy. They got scales. They got scales. (laughs) Um, 
All right, Luca Nation. Anything else, Cage, before we uh, wrap things no, up? No, it looks like we're doing PWCC on Saturday. We'll be doing the Collectible Fractional Show on Sunday. Maybe we'll have some more info and, you know, some details about, about this and, you know, how things traded during the week. And, um, you know, fun stuff going on, you know, going going forward. We will be breaking on whatnot a National Treasures football box next week when it releases. Um, so that should be fun. Probably do like a random hit draft or, or something like that. So, you know, if you want to get in on that, stay tuned. We'll probably have some info on our page about that. That's a real step up in class for us uh, from what we normally would break. Um, but breaking with, with, with us is very different. You know, we, we it definitely we, is. It's, it's just, it's a show. It definitely is. And, um, and Andrew is getting an influx of cards for his SGC white glove treatment grading. So, um, you know, we're posting that stuff. If you're interested in that, picked up Andrew. four packages today, Cage. Nice. There you go, dude. Well, listen, I'm gonna, you, you I'm offer prep them and sub them on Monday. Else offers, right? You offer something that no one else offers. You offer you. And for all your, you know, interesting quirks, um, you know, that I have learned over the last almost two years now. Anybody who says they're getting better service anywhere else is just wrong. I mean, yeah. it, that <laughs> I stand by because people like they call me or text me. And that, that stuff's easy. I think my only quirk is I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty introverted guy. I need my space at times. I need, you know, all this social media, all this, you know, conversation. Sometimes I need to like pump the brakes, turn a movie on, shut off the world. But I love service, man. I love service business. I grew up cafe where it was just like i remember you i, I know what kind of coffee you like i know what kind of sandwich you like I'm, i want want you to leave with a better feeling than when you got there and same thing with the cards i want people to have a good experience i know how difficult and how scary it could be to ship cards cross country thousands of dollars worth and not know what's happening them what's the, what stage in the process they're at so i love it it's fun there you go so message Andrew if you got some cards to submit to SGC and you want white glove service on them. Oh yeah. Dude, I'm sending you cards. I want white glove service. Oh this. I don't have to do it myself. I want you to do it for me. I love it. Um super yeah. simple. That's enough stuff. We'll have some more uh, draft stuff. We'll finish up the NBA. Maybe um, you know, maybe going forward, maybe early next week we'll do kind of like a preview of the next round of the of the playoffs. It's Dallas against Phoenix, right? Yeah. So that'll you know that that that'll be fun. That's gonna be fun to watch the way you know Dallas plays a good a good team defense. They scramble for the ball. Even even Rich even what's it Bullock? Dude, he was coming. He was all over the place getting steals and stuff. Luca had a bad game. I call out you know I, he was one away from a triple double basically again. He did not look good, and he came out and said it. He said we are we. At the end of the game, I watched the interviews because I like to see what they say. He actually said on live TV, he's like, we were bullshitting around. He's like, oh, shit, sorry. You know, like, he's like, they're like, no, we've heard worse on camera. Don't worry. So, you know, he's like, yeah, we, you know, he definitely did not have his best night. His shooting was off. The team was off, and they still gritted out a win against a crappy Utah team. But they're gritty, but I, I struggle to see how they put up a real fight against the Suns. Well, sir. You have I, I really Jalen Brunson. You think they're going to put Mikal Bridges on Luca? Probably. That's a fun matchup. Dude, you know Bridges has played over forty minutes in every single game. 
in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, to be young. Luca was forcing some bad shots. Uh, who was on him? Clarkson was actually playing some pretty, pretty crazy defense on him, which is interesting because you you wouldn't you wouldn't think that. But yeah, does a sweep does a sweep hurt Luca's prices? I mean, let's before we talk about him getting swept, let's let's acknowledge the fact that that's the first time Dallas has won a playoff series since 2011. So over a decade, the last time they won a playoff series was when Dirk won it all with them. Uh, and they got maybe the easiest matchup of any team in the first round, minus the Hawks. I mean, I think they probably would have had an easier time with Denver. Then the Jazz. The Jazz are terrible. The Jazz are the team that you could give them wide open shots and they're going to lose. All right. Well, I mean, and and this is this is the case because they had a wide open shot to end the game and they didn't hit it. Um, you know, even after Brunson gave him, you know, the miss the miss free throw and gave him a shot there at the end. Um, I don't, I don't think they like Gobert. I don't think the Utah team likes Gobert. I say that because when he goes to the free throw line and make or miss free throw, they don't high five him. You know, like they do the high fives in between first and second foul shots. Mm-hmm. I always look at that. Like, do they all high five? Do they not? Um, there was actually once a stat that Steve Nash used to high five the most out of any team and out of any player on any team in the league. And there is some neuropsychological stuff that we could talk about, but they didn't even, no one dapped up. High five. High five. Listen, if you happen to be one of the few people on our whatnot stream for our, my football break yesterday, I gave away a really nice 2015 Court Kings Rudy Gobert on card auto out of 99. One of my many giveaways last night. I gave a lot of stuff away at the end. A lot of fun stuff. So join us on whatnot. You never know. I might give something away. Andrew, white glove it up, my friend. White glove it up. Listen, I want that in people's brains. I want you thinking white glove service. Why? Because no one else is doing it. Everybody else will get your cards. They'll get to when they get to it. They'll mail it. It'll go across the country and back. Andrew, he puts on the white gloves and he walks it in with the gloves on. When the guys at SGC, they turn around and say, what are you wearing gloves? It's Florida. And he's like, this is white glove service, and, damn it. And where's your other glove? Where's your other glove, Michael? <laughs> That's it, SGC. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.